You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Hello and welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. We're making it up as we go. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein. The story is ours now. You can't have it back. Please be warned that the stories featured can and will contain explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Today, I'll be reading Friends with Benefits with Tentacles by And I Meant It to Sting. The rating is explicit. The pertinent tags for this fic include Alien Castiel, Octo Castiel, Tentacles, Tentacle Porn, Watching Porn Together, Consenticles, Friends with Benefits, Friends to Lovers, Crack Treated Seriously, Roommates, Miscommunication, Castiel and Dean Winchester Need to Use Their Words, Awkward Conversations. Friends with Benefits with Tentacles Written by And I Meant It to Sting Read for you by Nerdy Nerdenstein Summary Dean's never been embarrassed about his porn collection before But that was before he found Cass holding his prized copy of Sweet Princess Asuka and the Tentacles of Pleasure Dean finds himself sweating bullets Because this is Cass Sweet Nerdy Cass. Cass, his friend. Cass, his roommate. Cass, his, only slightly out of control, crush. Cass with his big blue eyes and muscular arms and perpetual sex hair. Cass with his tentacles. The last thing he expects is for Cass to suggest they experiment together. never been embarrassed about his porn collection before. Because one, that's what it is. A collection. He's a collector. He's got everything from old chapbooks to rare VHS tapes to a set of pristine back issues of busty Asian beauties from the 40s. That's racist, Sam had scowled when he discovered that acquisition, and Dean had rolled his eyes. That's racist. You don't say... I've only spent the last four years studying the history of othering and exotification in pornography. But you think somehow I've missed the fact that busty Asian beauties is racist. Thanks a lot, Sam. He had waited until Sam looked suitably chastened, and had started to stammer out an apology, before he had whipped out a particular VHS tape with a flourish. Besides, this is what I really wanted to show you. Sweet Princess Asuka meets the tentacles of pleasure. Take a look at this. This is a real treasure. He thrust the cardboard cover under Sam's nose, laughing with delight at the expression of horrified disgust that spread across his face. Gross, Dean. Keep your weird alien fetish porn away from me. 
and that brings him to reasons two and three for why he usually has no shame about his porn collection. Two, he's a scholar, and this is for his thesis, thank you very much. And three, Sam's reactions whenever Dean shows him a new piece are priceless. It's like the kid thinks Dean's never seen the Casa Erotica DVDs he found tucked under Sam's mattress, back when they were both living under Bobby's roof. Point is, Dean's never been embarrassed to have someone look at his porn. He wouldn't show Bobby, obviously, but even Charlie, who had noped her way past all the dicks in Dean's collection, so he's an equal opportunity guy, had bonded with him over their shared admiration for Belladonna's work. But now Cass is turning sweet Princess Asuka over and over in his hands, a furrow above his brows, and Dean is finding himself sweating bullets, because this is Cass, sweet, nerdy Cass. Cass, his friend. Cass, his roommate. Cass, his, only slightly out of control, crush. Cass, with his big blue eyes and muscular arms and perpetual sex hair. Cass, with his tentacles. Each one is thick and long, glistening purple-black, and capable of sinuous movements that leave Dean mesmerized and half-hard if he watches them for too long. They taper from the delicate tips all the way up until each one is nearly as thick as Dean's thigh where they join with Cass's body. And from time to time, Dean's caught glimpses of the suckers that line the undersides. He tries not to think too hard about how good they'd feel against his skin, at least not while his alien roommate is in the room. When the door is closed, all bets are off which is why Dean is so horrified to see the video Cass is holding. If his friend knew how many times Dean had jerked off to it, imagining the tentacles belonged to Cass, there'd be no coming back from that. Some people had been wary when the Interplanetary Cooperative Assembly had first made contact with Earth. There had been mass panics and anti-alien protests, calls to arm the human race against extraterrestrial invasion, but Dean hadn't been part of them. While he hadn't had as direct a pull towards their newly discovered neighbors as Sam, who dove into learning about the ICA's history and laws, or Charlie, who had giddily embraced their new tech, he'd been able to envision all kinds of new horizons opening. When his ad for a roommate had been answered by an alien exchange student, he'd been ready and willing to welcome Castiel into his home. Castiel was a med student from a planet called Seraf. When the ICA had made contact with Earth, he'd made the decision to transfer to an Earth school, the better to familiarize himself with the anatomy and medical needs of the newest additions to the Intergalactic Society. Hopefully, we will be working closely with humanity in the years to come. He had explained to Dean, anyone who wants a medical role on any starship would do well to learn about our newest partners. Cool, dude, had been Dean's less than eloquent response. In his defense, it was hard to form thoughts when someone straight out of his wet dream stood in his living room and announced they were studying to be a doctor. Incidentally, one of Dean's other wet dreams. He took a moment to mourn the fact that cowboy boots and tentacles simply weren't compatible. But maybe Cass would be willing to wear a cowboy hat? Okay, not cool. Cass was here for a place to live, not to have Dean creeping on him. Dean shut down his train of thought hard and focused his attention on whether he and Castiel would be compatible as roommates. The novelty of sharing an apartment with an alien would wear off pretty quickly if, for instance... He regularly flooded the bathroom or kept unspeakable hours or couldn't wash a dish. But as it turned out, Cass did none of those things, so there was no reason, besides Dean's inappropriate attraction, for him not to move in. Dean wasn't about to admit to his attraction, so Cass had moved in the next week. It was awesome. Cass was a great roommate, tidy, considerate. He was funny, too, in his own dry way, and while he didn't get any of Dean's human pop culture references, Dean didn't get any of his Seraphian ones either. They had fun educating each other in any case. 
And then there was the way Cass listened, all that intense focus, as if anything Dean had to say was the most important thing he had ever heard. So it was no surprise that, by six months in, Dean considered Cass one of the best friends he'd ever had. But he hadn't shown him his porn collection. Sure, Cass knew vaguely what Dean was studying, but some part of Dean just hadn't been ready for this exact moment. Castiel regards the VHS tape with a slight furrow in his brow. Dean lets out a silent prayer of relief that the cover art is not quite as explicit as the film itself, though it's certainly evocative enough for Cass to get the gist. Humans enjoy this. It's a statement more than a question. Castiel digesting this new, interesting, disgusting, Dean can't be sure, fact about humans. Uh, yes, he answers, because he has to say something. I mean, some do, enough. It's a niche genre, but still a genre. He finishes weekly, as Castiel pulls more items from his shelves, the better to understand this strange human phenomenon. I mean, Dean scratches the back of his head awkwardly as Cass continues his examination. I guess it's a bit more problematic now that we know you guys are real and all. Problematic. Castiel cocks his head to the side. Why? In the interplanetary assembly, it is not unheard of for there to be attraction and even sex between different species. So long as everyone is sapient and consenting, I don't see the issue. Um, says Dean. I am disturbed by these, however. Castiel holds out a couple of DVDs as if they might bite him. From the descriptions, it sounds an awful lot like they are focused on... Rape? Dean asks, taking the cases from him. Uh, yeah, unfortunately common in the genre. I've got these for my research, but there's a reason I prefer Sweet Princess Asuka. I'm a sucker for consenticles. Consenticles. The corner of Castiel's mouth twitches upward. That's clever. I like it. Thankfully, he seems prepared to overlook Dean's terrible sucker pun. Dean can already feel his face turning brick red at what he accidentally revealed. Anyway, he says and stalls there. For lack of anything else to keep himself out of trouble... He gathers his videos from Cass and begins replacing them on the shelf, careful to stick to his finicky filing system. When he's done, there's still one space left, and he turns to Cass, who is still holding onto Princess Asuka and watching Dean with an unreadable look on his face. Dude, Dean says. I think I would like to watch this, Cass announces. Um, says Dean. You could watch with me to explain the appeal to a human. Cass goes on, as if he's not giving Dean heart failure right here and right now. And then perhaps we could try it together. Together, Dean repeats faintly. As in, you and me. Castiel's eyes narrow in that squint that means Dean's being particularly odd. Yes, that's what I meant, unless you don't want. I want... Dean cuts him off and colors up to the roots of his hair at how desperate that makes him. But, he asks, feeling faintly hysterical, Are you even attracted to humans? Are you even attracted to me? Castiel tilts his head to the side, considering, Not all humans, certainly, but on the whole, yes, I think so. After all, your upper bodies are much the same as my species. Except for the nipples, Dean can't resist saying. Castiel glances down at his own chest. Clothed in an ACDC shirt, Dean is 90% sure stolen from his own wardrobe. Castiel had taken quickly to t-shirts after his arrival on Earth, preferring them to the more restrictive fashions of his people. Yes, except for the nipples, he agrees. I have to say, I find them intriguing. Uh says Dean, who may or may not be known to brag about his perky nipples. Also, the lack of exoskeleton is a plus. Cass goes on, oblivious to Dean's mental meltdown. 
I know some people find them exciting, but I like that humans seem soft and touchable. You don't say, Dean says, and it comes out as a strangled wheeze. Castiel's eyes fly up to him, looking wide and startled, possibly because Dean is on the verge of an aneurysm. A tentacle lifts from the floor and softly curls itself around the curve of Dean's cheek. Blue eyes, way too fucking earnest, Cass says. And of course, I'm very attracted to you in particular. Dean is not going to survive this. It takes Cass withdrawing his tentacle and putting some space between them. But somehow, Dean manages to get his brain back online long enough to get the ancient VCR he rigged together hooked up to his TV. We're watching in here, he says. No way I'm dragging all this crap out to the living room. Where'd that tape go? He sticks his hand behind him and wiggles his fingers. And obligingly, Cass hands over the case. Sliding it out of the cardboard box... Dean pops it into the player and picks up the remote, heading back towards the bed. He props a couple of pillows against the headboard, sliding back so he can sit comfortably, and shoots a questioning glance at Cass, who is still hovering over by the door. Well, he pats the spot beside him. Come get comfy and we'll get this show rolling. He tries for a cocky grin, and it's Cass's turn to look awkward as he glides over to the bed and climbs onto it. A thick tentacle brushes against Dean's leg through his jeans, and he swallows heavily. The movie hasn't even started, and he's already sporting a bit of a chub. Castiel apologizes and tries to move the limb away, but the fact is, it's a narrow bed, and Cass has a lot of limbs. Don't worry about it, Dean says in a voice that aims for casual and comes out hoarse. We're going to be touching plenty soon. He makes the mistake of looking into Castiel's eyes as he says it, and the heat there nearly has him demanding that soon become now. But Cass wants to watch the movie, so Dean manages to tear his eyes away and press play. The movie starts from the beginning, making him glad that he's always stuck with the motto, Be Kind, Rewind, even if the tapes are for his use only. There's a brief introduction to the beautiful, scantily clad Princess Asuka, but it doesn't take long before the eponymous tentacles of pleasure enter the picture. As one tentacle glides under Asuka's skirt to stroke her through her panties, and another curls delicately around one of her generous breasts, Dean sneaks a glance at Cass, who is watching, rapt. Is that how you like to be touched, Dean? Cass asks, voice gravelly with my tentacles, gentle like that. Dean's dick jumps in his confining jeans and he stifles a whimper. Yeah, Cass, he manages to get out. I think any way you'd want to touch me would be good. And would you like that? Cass asks as Asuka opens her mouth to take a thick tentacle inside. Dean can only make a strangled noise of agreement because it's coming up to his favorite part, where the tentacles lift the princess into the air. They strip her lovingly and part her legs so a tentacle can press inside her, drawing noises of bliss from her stretched lips. Beside Dean, Castiel frowns. I don't believe this part will be possible with your anatomy, Dean. Well, no, Dean says absently, watching as the tentacles drive Asuka wild with pleasure. But there's always my ass. As if on cue, the tentacles on screen spread the princess's legs wider so they can push one into that hole, filling her completely. Asuka moans around the flesh in her mouth, and Dean lets out an answering groan, grinding the heel of his hand against the hard line of his dick. Cass's eyes have left the screen and are focused on where a dark patch is growing on Dean's jeans, highlighting the head of his dick. Dean, he says, a low, desperate rasp. I want to be inside of you. Please let me. 
Yeah, Cass, Dean breathes, hand going to the button of his jeans. Come on, get inside me. It seems that that's enough invitation for Cass, who is quick to climb on top of Dean and capture his lips in a deep, probing kiss that has Dean moaning into his mouth. Cass's tongue is extremely skilled, and Dean can only hope it's a preview of what's to come. Dean's attempts to shed his clothes are hampered by the extra pair of hands and several eager tentacles that attempt to help. At this point, his jeans are open and halfway down his ass, exposing the dark patch on his underwear where his cock is leaking, and his shirt is rucked up crookedly under one armpit, but he's burning for more contact. Finally, reluctantly, he pushes Cass back, and Cass goes, but the expression on his face is so much like a kicked puppy that Dean can't help but follow him up to plant another gentle kiss on his lips. Gotta get naked, he admonishes, pulling back so he can tug his shirt off over his head and toss it into the corner of the room. You too. He leans back, shimmying out of his jeans and underwear, biting his lip as Cass gets with the program and pulls off his own shirt, exposing miles of tanned, toned, nippleless chest. God, he's desperate to get his mouth on that skin. More interesting than Cass's bare chest, however, is the fact that he suddenly seems to have more tentacles than Dean remembers. Normally, he has eight, like any earth cephalopod. But there are definitely two more there that Dean has never noticed before. In contrast to the rest of his dark purple tentacles, these two are a deep magenta, their suckers less pronounced, though still present, and they are leaking a viscous, slightly cloudy fluid from a slit near the tips. Dean wants a taste. Those are new, he manages in a hoarse voice, and Cass's eyes fly to his from where they had been fixed on Dean's nudity. He flushes a magenta color that matches his. Those must be his dicks. Plural, right? Oh, Cass says, twining the two new limbs together in an embarrassed fashion. Yes, these are my... He speaks a word in his language that Dean doesn't know. My sexual organs. They are normally retracted behind my other tentacles. Somehow, Castiel's embarrassment helps Dean feel a little more at ease, and he determines to help Cass relax as well. So you're a grower, not a shower, huh? He gives Cass a cheesy wink and is rewarded when that blush spreads further. And what a shower you are, he adds at his best lascivious purr. Can I touch? Cass's nod is eager, and before Dean can even reach forward, one of those magenta tentacles is twining its way around his wrist, wriggling its way into his hand. His hand closes on firm, slippery flesh, and Cass gives a full-body shudder, a noise that is almost a whimper coming out of his mouth. Dean gives his hand an experimental slide up and down, twisting his wrist as he gets back to the top. The way is eased by the copious amounts of precum, it must be precum, that Cass is producing, and the bumps of his suckers kiss Dean's palm as they go. Cass moans and twists his other dick tentacle around one of the regular ones, but he seems as fascinated by Dean's anatomy as by what Dean is doing to him. He leans forward and wraps one of his hands around Dean's dick, stroking it in time with Dean's movements. Soon, one of the purple tentacles replaces his hand, engulfing Dean's dick in its coils. Dean shivers as a sucker caresses the head gently. Guess, he begs, reaching with his spare hand for the other magenta tentacle. Put that in my mouth. His chest rises and falls as he pants under Castiel's ministrations and then the tip of Castiel's neglected tentacle is tracing the seam of Dean's lips, and Dean darts his tongue out to taste the smear of precum-like fluid on his lower lip. It's salty like the ocean, and slightly musky, with an undertone of something alien, and Dean is immediately addicted to the taste. He parts his lips, twining his tongue around the tip of the tentacle, drawing it into his mouth. Cass presses forward, filling him more and more. Dean moans around his mouthful and Cass begins to thrust gently, stopping just short of choking Dean each time. 
Dean's lips stretch around him in a satisfying way. While Castiel slowly fucks Dean's mouth, a tentacle wraps itself around Dean's free wrist, tugging until his arm is pinned over his head. A second one captures the hand that is stroking Castiel, and Dean obligingly releases him, allowing that hand to be drawn up to join the other. The first tentacle wraps around both wrists, holding them in place, as the second trails its way down Dean's arm to caress over his chest. A sucker catches on Dean's nipple, and he shivers in Cass's grasp. He rewards him by stroking his tongue over the tentacle in his mouth. Dean, Castiel gasps, a quaver in his voice. Can I? Dean nods and makes an affirming noise around his mouthful. Immediately, there is a tentacle winding around each one of his legs, suckers caressing the sensitive skin of his inner thighs as his legs are drawn apart, opening him to Castiel's gaze. Dean only has a moment to feel exposed, before Castiel's tentacle is there, trailing over his perineum, back to his hole. He doesn't push in right away, teasing Dean with a light touch, as he slicks him with his thick precum, as slippery as any lube Dean has ever bought and much more exciting because it's from Cass. Cass presses against him, but doesn't go in, and Dean moans. If his mouth weren't full, he'd be begging. Instead, he arches, pushing back against Cass, who thankfully gets the idea. Just the tip pushes in at first, wiggling slightly, and it's like no sensation Dean has ever felt. Aided by the thick fluid, Castiel's tentacle goes deeper and deeper, widening as it goes, until Dean feels stretched open and more full than he's ever been. His own cock leaks furiously against his stomach as Cass begins thrusting, matching the rhythm he set on Dean's mouth, making a deep, wounded sound as Dean clenches around him. After that, Dean is in a haze of sensation, stuffed full and stretched wide, the bumps of Cass's suckers dragging against his slick insides his jaw taking on a satisfying ache. Yet more of Castiel's tentacles caress his chest, his stomach, his legs. A hand winds into his hair, another one clenching his bicep, and when Dean manages to open his eyes, Cass's gaze is fixed on him. His face slack with pleasure, hungry, desperate noises pouring out of his mouth to match Dean's own. In the grip of Castiel's tentacle, his cock is hard enough to hammer nails, and when the tip of yet another tentacle curiously traces his stretched rim, Dean is gone. Spilling thick and white over his own stomach and chest, one spurt even hitting him in the chin. His orgasm seems to go on and on, and Castiel gathers him in his tentacles, holding him tight as he shudders and moans his way through it. At last... Dean lets himself go limp in Castiel's grip, lolling back and letting his oversensitive body be used as Cass picks up his pace. Dean moans helpfully around the tentacle in his mouth and clenches around the one in his ass, and then both orifices are being flooded with thick, warm, bitter liquid as Cass shakes apart above him, all his limbs tightening around Dean, almost to the point of being too constricting, but not quite. Dean struggles to swallow the cum in his mouth, and Castiel withdraws his tentacle, painting Dean's bottom lip and chin with the fluid. Castiel releases Dean's wrists, and his arms find their way around Cass's back, holding him through the last shivering aftershocks as he struggles to catch his own breath. Gingerly, Cass pulls out of Dean's ass, and Dean whimpers a little as the last of the suckers catches on his oversensitized rim. He clenches, feeling empty, and there's the curious sensation of cum slipping out of him. His thighs are sticky with it, and his whole front and his face are a mess, but Cass doesn't seem to have any interest in letting Dean go clean up. Instead, he wraps his arms and most of his limbs, the two dick tentacles seem to have retracted again for now, around Dean like, well, like an octopus. Dean chuckles tiredly to himself, but he doesn't let Cass in on the joke, since he probably wouldn't appreciate it. Dean's worn out and pleasantly sore, and Cass's limbs are very comfortable, and Dean's eyes are suddenly heavy. Surely it wouldn't hurt to let himself doze for a little bit. 
Dean drifts off to the sounds of Cass's breathing and Princess Asuka still being railed on the screen. It's not a one-time thing. In fact, when Dean wakes the first time to a staticky screen and Cass slipping out of bed with an apology about having to go to class, his roommate interrupts him before he can say anything in response and adds, I enjoyed that very much. Perhaps we could do it again sometime. Needless to say, Dean is quick to agree. Cass slips out of the room to shower and get ready to go, and Dean, for whom today is a writing day, is left to assess. The sheets are unsalvageable, that much is obvious. Crusty and disgusting, now that Dean is no longer wrapped up in Cass's fantastic body as a distraction. He mentally adds laundry to his to-do list for the day. Kicking off the top sheet, he stretches and yawns, taking stock of the pleasant ache in his muscles and jaw. He feels well used, in the best way. A glance down at his naked body reveals something he hadn't thought of before. He's covered in small, circular, sucker-shaped bruises, like so many hickeys. They cover his torso and rope around his wrists and thighs where Castiel's tentacles had wrapped Dean's limbs. Experimentally, Dean pokes one, finding it satisfyingly tender, the perfect reminder of what he and Cass had done. Maybe not anything anyone else needs to see, though. After all, Dean is hardly a teenager, and besides, this feels private, between him and Cass. And it's something Cass wants to repeat, he thinks to himself with a small thrill. Luckily, Dean's planning on working on his thesis at home today, so he doesn't need to worry too much about what he looks like. Instead, once Cass has left for class, Dean hops in a hot shower, letting the steam billow around him, and then dresses in a pair of sweatpants and a soft old t-shirt that he steals back from Cass. He throws on a long-sleeved plaid shirt to take the sheets down to the laundry, but ends up slipping it off to hang over the back of his chair while he works. And that's where Cass finds him when he comes home after six hours of classes. Dean types away, laptop open on the kitchen table, a burst of inspiration having carried him through the afternoon. Hello, Dean. Castiel greets, sounding almost shy. I brought pizza. He flips open the box and Dean closes his eyes to breathe in the scent of dough and sauce and gooey, gooey cheese. Oh my God, Dean says. Marry me. Castiel blinks at him for a long minute and Dean, realizing what he said, blinks back. At last, Castiel recovers and in a voice that sounds more strangled than usual says, In some species, what we did last night is tantamount to a marriage ceremony. When Dean continues to stare at him more wide-eyed than before, if possible, he blurts out, Not my species. It was, it was a joke. A joke, right. Dean blinks again and shakes his head, clearing it of the wild ideas clamoring for his attention. He clears his throat. But seriously, the pizza smells awesome. Thanks, man. Dean's discomfort is worth it for the way Cass's smile starts in his eyes, his whole face seeming to beam, even though he barely moves his lips. I'll get the paper towels. They eat together over paper towels and beers, Dean's laptop closed up and pushed to one side. Despite their initial awkwardness, they soon find their footing with each other again. And when Cass starts telling Dean about the day's classes, the conversation flows from there. They meander from topic to topic, and it's only when Dean is expounding on the virtues of his favorite medical drama, Dr. Sexy, usually a bone of contention as Cass is horrified by the show's medical practices, that he realizes that Cass has fallen silent, his gaze focused on Dean's wrists, where the bruises from his suckers stand out stark against the freckled skin. Dean can't tell if Cass is fascinated or horrified. 
and Cass doesn't seem to have any intention of voicing his thoughts, so Dean snaps his fingers in his direction. Earth to Cass, he says, and snickers at the perplexed look Cass shoots him. You all right there? Aye. Cass gestures at the marks on Dean's skin. I left bruises on you. The poor guy sounds so concerned, but also Dean's pretty sure he can detect an undertone of lust in there, so he decides to throw him a bone. You did, and they're awesome. He places his half-eaten slice of pizza down on the paper towel so he can encircle one wrist with the other hand and give it a slight squeeze, relishing the tenderness of the marks. Cass watches Dean avidly, and his tongue darts out to wet his bottom lip. You like them, he says, a hint of that raspy quality that Dean is beginning to associate with an arousal creeping into his voice. Yeah, says Dean, his own voice dropping to match. I do. Cass's eyes are dark when they meet Dean's. Would you, when we're done eating... Would you? Oh, hell yeah. Dean has never eaten a pizza so quickly in his life. The orgasm that follows might be one of his quickest on record as well. Though thankfully, there are several more to get through before Castiel wraps Dean's newly boneless form up in his arms. They stay that way, even after Dean puts on Dr. Sexy, and Cass complains his way through it. do that again. Obligingly, Castiel repeats the swirling motion of his very agile tongue over the head of Dean's dick and Dean's back arches, simultaneously driving his cock further into Cass's throat and shoving himself down further on the tentacle in his ass. Jesus Christ, Dean pants, riding the wave of sensation as Cass curls another tentacle lightly around Dean's neck. He doesn't tighten it, he doesn't even press down a little bit, but just knowing he could if he wanted to is enough to have Dean hurtling towards orgasm at light speed. As friends with benefits go, Cass has proven himself awesome, out of this world even, though when Dean had said as much, Cass's eye roll had encompassed almost his entire body. They'd been sleeping together for nearly a month now. Cass is a generous, attentive, inventive lover, open to just about anything Dean suggests and seemingly as hungry for Dean as Dean is for him. More than once since this has started, Dean has caught Cass staring at him like Dean is water in the desert. Whenever he does, it's only a matter of minutes before whatever they were doing is forgotten, and they end up in bed, or on the couch, or against the wall, or once, memorably, spread out on the kitchen table. Also, shower sex is a hell of a lot easier, and more fun, when your partner's limbs come equipped with their own set of no-slip suckers. And that's hardly the best thing about the suckers. Dean hadn't been wrong when he'd fantasized about how much he'd like the pull of them on his skin. It's almost enough to make him regret not having taken his friend Donna up on her offer to try cupping at a party she'd thrown a few years ago. But it also means he gets to experience this for the first time with Cass, a truth that means far more to him than it should. As if Cass knows what he's thinking, the tentacle curled around his throat caresses his jaw, catching his skin in tiny sucking kisses. Dean's sweat-slicked torso and limbs are mottled over with perfect circular bruises, some fresh, some fading, from every time they've done this. Dean loves every one. The tentacle inside Dean turns just so, pressing against his prostate, and Dean's back bows as he comes with a shout. Cass swallows his release, fucking him through it, until finally Dean sprawls bonelessly on the bed with a whimper, Cass still filling him. Concerned blue eyes peer at him as Cass releases his cock, and Dean smiles hazily, somehow summoning the energy to lift a hand and run it through Cass's unruly dark hair. 
He tugs playfully at the strands, and Cass shifts forward with a groan, inadvertently pushing his tentacle deeper into Dean. Cash shudders and bites his lip, eyes squeezing shut as he visibly fights for control. Can I come in you, Dean? Is that okay? And Christ, even after a month of almost non-stop fucking, Castell thinks to ask if he can make a mess of Dean. Is it any wonder why Dean's in love with the guy? Dean doesn't voice the sentiment, of course. That's not what this is. Instead, he takes Cass's other magenta tentacle in hand, stroking it in time with the way Cass thrusts in him, reveling in the almost whimper that falls from Cass's lips. In me, on me, however you want it, Cass. He tugs Cass forward with the hand in his hair and nips gently at his ear. You feel so fucking good. One day, you're going to put both of these inside me. Cass moans helplessly and Dean grins. Come on, baby. You're so hot when you come. You gonna come for me? He follows it up with another tug to Cass's hair, just the way he knows Cass likes it, and then Cass is shuddering and coming, filling Dean and coating his chest with it, hot and sticky and deliciously filthy. Dean. Cass buries his face in Dean's shoulder, pressing open-mouthed, breathless kisses to the skin. Dean, Dean, Dean. That's it, Cass. Dean strokes him through it, his other hand petting gently through Cass's hair. Dean! It's like Cass's orgasm has robbed him of all his other words. Gradually, his thrusts slow and subside, and he lowers himself carefully to lie against Dean's side, tentacles instinctively moving to hold him close. Dean's heart swells. You okay there, buddy? He asks, after a long minute where Cass fails to lift his head. Mm is Cass's reply, but he sounds contented enough. Dean snorts quietly and wraps his own arms around Cass. The details, like Dean being in love with his fuck buddy, can wait. that on your neck? Sam asks, and just like that, Dean's regretting the decision to meet up with his brother and friends for a late brunch, a meal he'd only agreed to because he knows that he and Cass have been neglecting their friend group shamefully in favor of frequent filthy tentacle sex. Dean doesn't willingly leave the house before noon on a weekend for much else. On my neck? Dean repeats, not immediately clocking what Sam must mean. At least, not until Cass's eyes meet his, wide and guilty, and then realization sinks in. Dean's hand flies to his neck, covering the sucker marks that must have been left behind from last night's little foray into breath play. His own eyes feel as wide as Cass's where they stare at each other. He feels a tentacle slide around his ankle in a silent apology. Okay, what's with you? Sam asks, and beside him, Charlie gasps, putting two and two together. Oh, sweet Merlin, you didn't! Dean fights the urge to bury his face in his hands. He's pretty sure his face is on fire. Didn't what? Joe demands, and Charlie quickly grabs her arms and makes a series of complicated gestures that soon have Joe cackling. Oh my god, they totally did! Did what? Sam asks, frustration mounting in his voice. He's never liked being the last one to know something, which means that at least in the midst of his humiliation, Dean gets to enjoy his brother's bitch face turning bitchier as Charlie and Joe continue to giggle without sharing their revelation. It's Ash who takes pity on Sam, patting him companionably on the forearm. What they're not telling you, compadre is that your brother's been getting some sweet, sweet alien loving from Castiel over there. Some xenophile action. A good old-fashioned tentacle dicking down. All right, all right, Dean complains, already mortified enough without the whole diner hearing what he's been getting up to. 
Beside him, Castiel's face is lit up with that magenta blush, and he's sunk as far down in his chair as his tentacles will allow. You two are sleeping together? Sam gestures incredulously back and forth between Dean and Cass, as if somehow Ash hadn't been clear enough. Uh, yeah. Dean bites out, deciding to grab the bull by the horns, the alien by the tentacle dick, whatever. Besides, it's never not a good time to horrify his little brother with his sexual exploits. You know how I feel about tentacles, he adds with a ludicrous waggle of his eyebrows. He watches Sam go through an entire face journey, enough conflicting expressions passing over his face in mere seconds that he could run for a world record. Smirking, he asks, Got a problem with that, Sammy? No, no. Sam appears to have settled on Ernest for his expression of choice. I'm, um, really happy for you guys. I know you've had feelings for Cass for a long time now, Dean, and... Sam keeps talking, but in Dean's brain, everything comes screeching to a halt. Sam has inadvertently turned the tables on him, revealing the one thing Dean never wanted Cass to know, the one thing that could ruin everything. I think it's really sweet, Charlie is saying, and Cass is nodding along. Why is he nodding along? Does he not realize what this means? That Dean has been lying to him all this time, hiding his feelings so they can keep having sex? Joe makes a face. The two of you are a sickeningly adorable couple, you know that, right? This has gone too far. No, Dean blurts. When everyone turns to stare at him as if he dropped his pants and shouted, Pudding! He rushes on, the words spilling from his mouth like some kind of horrible verbal diarrhea. No, it's not like that. We're not a couple. There are no feelings. We're fucking. Just fucking. He looks over at Cass for confirmation, but Cass's face has gone inhumanly pale, and his indecipherable expression looks like it's carved from granite. And still, the words won't stop. We're, we're just friends who fuck. Friends who fuck. Fuck buddies. I mean, friends with benefits. But, uh, what benefits, huh, buddy? But Cass's expression hasn't changed, and he's holding himself with a stiffness that Dean has never seen from him before. I mean, the benefits are great, he persists weakly. Really, really awesome benefits. Best I've ever had. He trails off, an awkward silence swallowing the rest of his words. Cass won't even look at him. A fist clenches in Dean's chest. Cass is sitting there, in Dean's best Led Zeppelin t-shirt, and not looking at him, or saying anything at all. Charlie leans into Cass's space, whispering something urgently in his ear, and even Joe has squished in, placing a commiserating hand on Cass's arm. Is the discovery that Dean has feelings for him really that bad? Ash and Sam are silently staring at Dean, and even a few curious diners are peeking discreetly from their booths, hoping for more drama. Dean wishes he could swallow his tongue. The silence stretches on, punctuated only by the low murmur of whatever Charlie is whispering to an unresponsive Cass. Finally, Dean can't take it anymore. All right, he says. He lurches to his feet the legs of his chair making a hideous scraping noise as he shoves it back too fast. I'm just gonna... He waves his hand vaguely towards the exit. I'll get... He fumbles his wallet out of his back pocket, snatches out enough bills to cover his and Cass's meals, and lets them fall unceremoniously onto the table. I'm gonna go. He shoves his chair back further, ignoring the screech of the legs, even as his friends, except Cass, flinch and stumbles out of the door. He makes it as far as his car, where he collapses into the driver's seat, letting his forehead fall against the wheel. He is an absolute dumbass. There's no way anyone bought his rambling diatribe, which means that Cass definitely knows that Dean is in love with him. Knows and is horrified. And Dean's so-called friends have stayed behind to comfort Cass about that terrible fate. Stupid, stupid, stupid. With nothing else to do and no other plan, Dean goes home. Fuck it. There's a Dr. Sexy box set and a pint of Ben and Jerry's calling his name. So what if Cass comes home and finds Dean wallowing in a blanket cocoon? 
It's not like Dean can go any deeper into the depths of humiliation. And that's assuming Cass comes home at all. Maybe he's so disgusted by Dean's feelings that he'll move out immediately. Maybe he'll send Sam by to collect his things. Maybe he'll leave Earth entirely to get away from Dean. Maybe in a week's time he'll be laughing about the silly, thirsty human with his alien buddies in some alien diner over alien brunch. Maybe... The door swings open, interrupting both Dean's ever more despairing imaginings and Dr. Sexy's on-screen clinch with Dr. Piccolo. Cass stands there in the doorway, looking wild-eyed and wild-haired as if he'd been tugging on it and not in the way he likes Dean to do in bed. Dean, he says blankly, his gaze falling on Dean's blanketed form on the couch. His voice sounds like he's been gargling rocks, and despite everything, it sends a shiver down Dean's spine. Uh, hey, Cass, he says, feeling faintly ridiculous. What are you doing here? I live here, Cass replies, still sounding faintly dazed. Joe gave me a ride after you left. I do not like her driving. And oh shit, yeah, Dean had been Cass's ride. A bubble of guilt rises in his chest. Sorry, man, he winces. I just needed to leave. I think I should move out, Cass says at the same time. And even though he was expecting it, it hits Dean like a blow to the chest. It turns out I have profoundly misunderstood the nature of our relationship. Suddenly, Dean's humiliation and lovesick misery are nothing to the prospect of Cass disappearing entirely. No way, come on, man. You don't gotta move out. Dean scrambles upright, fighting his way out of his blanket burrito of misery. Somehow he's got to convince Cass to stay. I mean, yeah, I never meant for you to find out this way, and it's embarrassing as hell, but I can keep myself in check. I'm not going to ask for anything you can't give. I haven't got any expectations. I'll never say another word about it. Scout's honor. We'll stop having sex. Things will go back to how they used to be, and everything will be all right, huh? We can do that, can't we, Cass? I don't know. Cass heaves a sigh and sinks into the other end of the couch, as far from Dean as possible. It's all very well to say things will go back to how they were, but Dean, I don't know if I can live here with you, feeling the way I do and knowing you don't feel the same. On screen, a patient is jolted awake with a defibrillator, but it's nothing to the jolt that goes through Dean at Cass's words. What the hell are you talking about? Dean demands. I'm the one who has feelings for you. You're the one who's leaving the planet to get away from them. Leaving the... Cass starts. I was never leaving the... I was going to find a different apartment, not... He cuts himself off, Dean's words finally seeming to register. You have feelings for me? No, I have feelings for you. I thought you knew, Dean. I thought... Mm. Cass's words are abruptly cut off as Dean all but launches himself across the couch, plastering their mouths together in a kiss that quickly turns filthy, hungry, and devouring and desperate, messy and clashing and triumphant. When they finally break apart, both panting for breath, Cass collapses back against the sofa, and Dean grins, feeling half-wild with elation. We're a couple of dumbasses. He proclaims, and Cass digs a hand into Dean's hair, hauling Dean back in for another kiss. They're both smiling too hard to keep the kiss going. I prefer a couple, Cass says when they part this time. Less dumb, less ass. Hey, Dean wiggles his ass on Cass's lap. I thought you liked my ass. He's rewarded when a tentacle rises to trace along the back of his waistband, the tip dipping just beneath the fabric of his jeans. I do, Cass admits. I like you. I'm in love with you, Dean blurts and colors up to the roots of his hair. Cass's many limbs pull him close so they can press their foreheads together. I'm in love with you, too. Their celebration is long and loud and messy and perfect.
Hey, what's this? Sam plucks an unlabeled VHS cassette off Dean's shelf. New addition to the collection? Dean snatches the tape out of his brother's hand, tucking it back into the place of pride at the end of his tentacle porn section. None of your business, bitch. Jerk, Sam replies. Shut up and help me put this frame together. I want to surprise Cass when he gets home. Swapping his bed out for a new king-size mattress, memory foam, of course, might be a bit of a splurge, but Cass has a lot of extra limbs to fit on a bed, and Dean wants his boyfriend to be comfortable. Sam gets to work, but he can't keep his mouth shut for too long. Seriously, though, what's on the tape? Normally, you can't wait to rub my face into whatever freaky new thing you've laid your hands on. Dean can't help but grin as he answers, Trust me, Sammy, you don't want to know. And he doesn't. The discovery of an old VHS video camera and all the components in a junk shop had been a boon. Putting it together and figuring out how it worked, a good project for the long nights when Cass had started rotations and had to be at the hospital until all hours. But the video they filmed last weekend, when Dean had finally succeeded in taking both of Cass's tentacle dicks at once, well, that's for Dean and Cass to enjoy. Over and over and over again. Probably on this very bed. The End
Thank you so much for your support. I can be contacted on Twitter, Tumblr, or at makingitupaswegopod at gmail.com. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. As always, thank you so much for listening.